0: What's up, and welcome back to anybody and everybody. I'm your host, Herm, and welcome back, everybody. It has been a week. We took the week off for the holiday. I had an absolute blast. I hope that everybody had a very relaxing, refreshing, and rejuvenating little time break here while we uh, before we head into the new year, because we all know that 2021 is going to turn everything around, and we're going to have an absolute blast once this 2020 year is out of the way. Now, I have an awesome guest on today, guys. He was a professional snowboarder for most of his life. Now he's a wizard behind the camera. He is an absolute beauty. I love hanging out with the guy. Mikey Sears comes to us from North Jersey, whereas he would describe in the podcast, Central Jersey. But, guys, this one's one to listen to all the way through. He tells stories about Sean White, the snowboard professional life, and it's just an absolute hoot. So, That's all I got to say before we get started here. Let's get into this thing. Talk to you soon. Since I remember, so the first time we came in contact was when you did um, seven beers with seven hills. And um, now we're and then I ran I run into you at the bubble. I didn't quite recognize you. I'm awful at faces. You should know this. I'll meet anybody five times before I actually am like, you're the person I was looking for. So I'm like, dude, weren't you on Seven Beers with Seven Hills? And you're like, yeah, dude. And I was like, oh, shit, that's what's up. Small world, small community. Yeah.
1: But It really is. It, that's that's funny about lacrosse. It's it's bit, it's not too big to where, you know, you can't really meet the people that you meet, like talk to on Instagram or Twitter, whatever it is. Um, you know, you'll always end up running into them somewhere.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of what, you still have my bike lock?
1: Yes, I do still have my bike lock.
0: <laughs> So, so this is a funny story, actually. Good way to kick it off. Um, Mikey's down at the MLL bubble with me, you had to bounce like a day earlier, whatever yeah. it was. Last and so day. you you head home, but you forget a tripod in the media room. So I, I go in the next day and I'm like, Oh, I, I can pick it up for you. No problem. And then I bring it up to I bring it up here. I got to get it to you. And, um, I guess I had a tea time booked or something. I think and you were running a few minutes late. So I'm like, I'm going to try, I'm going to bike lock your tripod to this light pole (laughs) at the place where we're picking it up. (laughs) And I was, I was probably driving for about 30 or 40 minutes before you got there. And I was just like, please, 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 nobody take that freaking tripod. (laughs) There was no way to really secure it. So I I was shitting bricks. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of worried. It's a nice ass tripod.
1: Dude, that was hilarious. I remember pulling up and just seeing it. It was just like, I don't know, like just a beam of light was down on it, like next to that pole. And it was just like, there's the <laughs> side with the bike on. Uh, it, so funny.
0: it also made me really realize the difference in our uh, – I guess motivation for careers when you're like, I'm going to wake up super early and go to this uh, event and film and really work hard. And I'm like, I got to make a tea time, man. 747 on the dot. I got to be there. It's a, uh, it's a hoot. I, I mean, we all, to each his own. Right. But dude, how have things been since the bubble?
1: Super busy. I mean, um, as you know, I, I work at universal, so that's always you know real busy getting ready for the holidays, especially this time of year. Uh, filming has been incredible. Um, I started filming football. I saw that it was DC, a whole nother world of just like awesomeness. Like it looked like know,
0: awesomeness, but it looked like you had to deal with some bullshit in there too. Yeah, <laughs> a little
1: bit. There was a. Uh... There was some drama in the end. Um, It's definitely tougher to film, um, especially for the bigger games. Like Mm -hmm. um, Bergen Catholic was obviously number two in the state. And then they had to play number one, St. Peter's Prep, in the championship. That was like the hardest thing I've ever had to film because people are everywhere. in like Jersey sports zones, like in my face, like refs are yelling here. Like it was just absolutely nuts.
0: So much different than lacrosse.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, try, I
0: I tried my hand at football last year, and it was just like, no. I give up after first game.
1: It's tough, but, I mean, the thing that I had that everyone really else, you know, didn't have was I worked directly with the team so I can go in certain spots. So, like, mm-hmm. there's some guy from NJSA who was trying to yell at me, and I'm like, dude, I actually, you know, kind of work with the team. So.
0: Yeah, like, I get to do I this. Understand. You don't.
1: Like Jill, like I can go here, like don't like, be lost. Like, I understand, like everyone might get in trouble, but I work directly with the team. I need to get this stuff. Yeah, Dude, that's,
0: <laughs> that's hilarious, man. The thing that I realized is the big plays in football are bigger than the big plays in lacrosse, but the more common plays are much easier to get in lacrosse from a videographer standpoint like you can yeah. get you i think that your 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 highlight clip might be a little bit shorter for football because you're like i mean like who wants to watch like a 5 yard rush nobody but like some kind of 5 yard split dodge skip pass sick every time whether they bury the goal or not so that's like kind of where where what the only information i took out of it cuz i gave up yeah like i said after game 1 it was too difficult man it's too difficult now we we live on two different sides of new jersey and i i must ask you this question do you believe in a central jersey? You're giving me a look.
1: Dude, just because I know that you're in South Jersey, and anytime anyone says there's a central jersey, you guys chirp the hardest.
0: Well, yeah, 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 I do. that's a great <laughs> point.
1: That, that is a great point. <laughs> um, I mean, and, dude, I always grew up believing that there was, and that's mostly because here I am. If you look at where I'm from, it's directly in the center of new jersey it's like yeah. right at the curve you move in like straight a little bit like but um no yeah. i always believe there was you you do you're
0: you're a rare northerner
1: i do i do I like it i i, I like
0: you. you just scored some brownie points from i
1: me. i do but it's because of like like i said where i grew up and i see but this is my here. thing
0: Central Jersey in my opinion is like Princeton. Would you consider that south or central?
1: I, that's kind of by me. I consider it central. All
0: right, that's what's up. We're on the same page then. I mean, like I f- thought we might get into a little like north south argument right there because
1: oh,
0: I got into it a lot in high school when I went to school up in Heights Town. Like everybody freaking wanted to tell me there was no such thing as a Central Jersey. I was yeah. I was very avid about it.
1: I think about right there with Trenton kind of cuts mm-hmm. it off. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I would consider that central.
0: Now, did you grow up in Jersey? Yep. Through and through.
1: I'm adopted from Brazil. Okay. And wow. I grew up I'm learning stuff. In Jersey. And uh, pretty much graduated high school from here and then moved out west for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then my son was born and came on back here because why not be around family when you got a newborn and – you know, whatnot, so we moved on back, and here we are. So, adopted from Brazil, how old were you? I was 16 months.
0: Okay, so it's nothing that you have recollection of. You're just kind of you, – your earliest memories are from growing up in New Jersey?
1: Uh, for the most part, yeah. I have, like, little glimpses here and there if I mm-hmm. think hard about it, which I'll probably end up forgetting in time, but – here and there it's it's weird because like if i see pictures from back there
2: Mm -hmm.
1: the glimpses kind of come back now have you made your way back down to brazil at all i have not wow dude that's that's a
0: great story
1: i know i'm i want to uh i'm kind of (laughs) nervous to be honest with you there's just a lot of crime and disease and stuff going on down there and Of course, I know a lot of people go down there and whatnot and I'm sure they've had great vacations and things like that. I don't know just with everything that I've been doing in life like with snowboarding and whatnot in my career it was just never I never really had time to really venture on down there.
0: Right because it wouldn't it wouldn't be a vacation for you it would be kind of a half vacation half kind of like I don't know it's an experience that I mean a lot of people couldn't say that not a lot of people are adopted and then move to a different country and have that opportunity to go back so that that would be huge i mean like change change your life potentially yeah that's, yeah that's pretty sick i mean that that's something like i i i i'm the opposite i'm born and bred in vineland new jersey haven't moved my whole life like nothing's changed that's all i know but that's what's up man i i love that stuff now when when you came to the states then was did you ever face like growing up a stigma of being like adopted from another country or anything
1: i did i did and it was weird um during the whole like blm thing and mm-hmm. and all that stuff and hearing those guys stories i kind of felt you know the same thing i heard i felt um a lot of what those guys were saying were comparable to stories that i've had you know growing up and things that i experienced as well you know going to uh like church or something with my mom who's purely white or having mm-hmm. like, older sisters who's both white and I have a younger brother who's also adopted so I don't know if he really heard much of it but Mm -hmm. I I always heard things here and there but
0: well we're about we're about to get into like your professional snowboarding career and I have to imagine I'm not I'm not big into snowboarding but like when I think of it I think of it as kind of similar to lacrosse where the stereotype is predominantly white dudes so is that kind of like the stigma
2: Um, yeah,
1: I mean, you have a couple couple, couple black guys.
0: Yeah. Did you ever face that, though, when you were in the snowboarding community?
1: Um, not so much. I mean, nothing Mm -hmm. that was to my face or anything like that. Um, I mean, everyone always has people that don't like them, you know. Right. Everyone always has haters, but, uh, no, nothing that ever really linked back to my nationality or ethnicity or anything like that mm-hmm. yeah i think I, I i do agree i think
0: everybody will always have haters i think i think where i draw the line though is like when people have hate in their heart for someone strictly based on nationality skin color i mean that that's when when things are so topic like that it's just like how can you be so shallow right and i mean i'm sure you 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 say you face all these things like i can't even imagine i'm a straight white dude from new jersey like nobody's gonna fuck with me i'm literally just like the -the run-of-the-mill dude that everyone has the like clean cut mind brain whatever of and it's like i wouldn't know i i I, that's why i need to hear stories like what you tell because like i won't understand if i don't i'm i'm literally growing up in whiteyville (laughs) that even makes any sense now then growing up so you're growing up you're adopted when do you did you were you in the lacrosse or snowboarding first
1: um, I was actually into uh, snowboarding first. Yeah. Lacrosse came shortly after, but I was way really into snowboarding first. I was into snowboarding when I was eight and a half, nine years old. Oh, that's what's up. And the interest really peaked, and I was like, I just got to do this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I think it was 11 when the first time I went out and actually ran the board and gave it the old go. Where, then- where was that about? where
0: yeah
1: Uh, that was at shawnee pennsylvania
0: all right i know the area
1: yeah so my parents and my family um were big big ski family Mm -hmm. and they used to go to canada every year whereabouts in canada gray rocks okay like whistler up there and so when my sisters would go to high school they would you know drop them off at school And my parents would actually just go to the Poconos for the day.
0: No way. That's what's
1: up. Yes, they would do that stuff. And they'd bring me sometimes. um, Sometimes I'd stay home with my grandma. Um, But, you know, I always wanted to go. And for some odd reason, I just thought snowboarding was just a lot cooler as, you know, maybe a little kid would. Totally. I mean, um, how old are you? I am 32.
0: Right. So you're growing up in like the peak boom of snowboarding. where it's like this is the time like to hop on a board rather than the skis
1: yeah absolutely it was definitely growing and definitely getting a lot bigger and uh i just remember wanting to do it so so bad like just so bad i was watching x games all the time i was watching different snowboard videos all the time internet was like just starting to come out so you could search stuff i was always searching like snowboard stuff on the internet um and then eventually I was able to get my own board. And that which was a whole crazy experience in itself. Uh my mom had a brain aneurysm that Christmas.
0: Wow, dude, that's heavy.
1: Yeah. So that was that was pretty tough. I got my first snowboard. That kind of helped me get away from that. Mm-hmm. And kind of get away from dealing with, you know, dealing with the hospital and all that stuff, because she was there for quite a long time. Right. Uh, you know, thank God she made it out of it. Not a lot of people do. Of course, yeah. Uh, and, you know, once she did, that really helped fuel my drive um, to really want to pursue snowboarding a lot more because it was just something that kind of helped me with um, kind of being different than everyone else in a way. Right. Um, I always kind of like being different, not really following the crowd. Where I'm from up here, football and lacrosse are big. I mean... This is. I started playing lacrosse too along the way, and but snowboarding kind of just gave me more of an outlet, kind of to be myself. Right. Where like up here, like I said, football and cross and you know team sports really dominated the area.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hear about it every day. Uh, My, my kid plays lacrosse. My kid plays football. My kid plays hockey. Not too many kids are like my kid's a snowboarder. You know, he, that's, that's the sport that he chose. Now it's actually funny though, that you're coming on because I just listened to the podcast yesterday morning. It was a golf podcast, but they had this guy on Alex Diebold. Diebold, If you ever heard of him, he's a border cross guy. And, um, and he was coming up at the same time you were, where, It's like Burton and all of their colorful boards are starting to pop up and like kids are getting super into and they're like, dude, skiing is not gnarly. This is like, what's up. Um, So it's kind of awesome that you're on here now. Now, when you're getting into snowboarding, though, did you ever face the stigma? And this is something that they were talking about of like snowboarders aren't allowed on this mountain. Snowboarders aren't allowed here. Snowboarders aren't allowed there because like it was perceived as this kind of dangerous thing that would always infringe on the skiers opportunity.
1: Um, when that was like really in full effect, that was a little bit before I started. Mm -hmm. But there are resorts still that don't allow um, skiers, and it's funny to like look back and see those old kind of videos where skiers are like, "Oh, they take over our resort and they're spraying us and they're being mean and they're knocking us over and you know." Yeah, they're like
0: the weed smell or the mountain smells like weed, and like, it's hilarious.
1: Yeah, they took it real personal. Um, but. I mean, you gotta accept change, I guess.
2: Yeah,
0: I think that change is good in any sport. I mean, like for example, we we're watching Shark Tank the other night, and this guy is proposing these things. They're like they look like ski boots, but they have like almost like ice skates on them, basically. Where it's like he wants like people to, it's like rollerblades for the mountain, essentially. And he's like, I want, I want to invent this new sport that's basically like rollerblades for the mountain or whatever. And I was like, that's what's up. I mean, change is always good. I don't know if that's the change that people need, but. The change right. is always good. <laughs> so at what point then? Well, you so you say you went to college and you moved west. I mean high school, then you went west. Did you not go to college?
1: I did not go to college.
0: That's what's up. Now that's yeah, the move.
1: Right out of high school, I was like, you know, this is kind of what I want to do. It was senior year. I got invited to my first pro contest, which is the Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is nowadays a qualifier for the Olympics. that's. This was an offer. This was an off year. It wasn't an Olympic year, but right, anyway, it was still sick to be there because I was there with people that I, you know, looked up to, you know, for years and seen. Have you ever years. rode
0: with Sean White?
1: I have. That's what's up. The, Full time. That's I sick. Partied, I party with Sean. Is he a good partier? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because <laughs> so. So Sean obviously was in it at such a young age.
0: Right, right.
1: So he never really learned social skills, that good, like, party with your friends lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He always got drunk real, real fast.
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
1: So he never lived like that normal, like, how like you and I would really, you know, learn to really drink. Right. You know, kind of just sent it and like, obviously too much. But he's always competitive at everything. I feel like anyone would challenge him to shots, you know, he's down.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate competitor, you have to be to perform at that level. So then everything in life in turn becomes a competition at some point or another. Now, is it that point when you get invited that that they're like, okay, this professional snowboarding thing, this is for me, like, this is the next step. What was that? So like, you're, you're invited to the Grand Prix and then you're like, the being a pro snowboarder, like, that's the next step I want to take.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah um pretty much like I was full-on like doing the whole school thing and I remember doing all the applications and stuff and just I was just like you know what I can't <laughs> like, I just, I, like something just clicked in my head at that moment and I was like I, I can't do this right I have to, this isn't me this isn't my outlet this isn't what I want to do I, I can't do this. And I felt like at a time I was doing it kind of just to follow the path of my sisters who both went to Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this isn't really what I want to do. This it really isn't where my heart is. I know where it is. I know if I have this chance, I want to take it. So I told my mom, she wasn't happy about it at first, but she knew it was what really made me happy. So. Right. had to accept it. Yeah. And- I mean, I went for it (laughs)
0: full send, right? I mean, that's, that's the only way to do anything. And was that scary for you? Kind of
1: a little bit at the time time? because a lot of it, I really didn't know what I was signing myself up for. Like the Grand Prix itself was my first big contest. So that kind of really woke me up for what was really going on, Mm -hmm. like going out there and seeing, you know, those, bigger contests in a different view instead of just watching them this time, like actually hitting the jumps, actually seeing them like first person, like being up at the top, having a camera actually in your face. NBC sports is like this with a giant camera. Right. Like, Are there every, clips like, of this somewhere? Um, probably somewhere. <laughs> well, that's what's up. Now, what was your discipline? Soul style.
0: That's my favorite one to watch.
2: That's, halfpipe, that's
1: sick dude halfpipe i can never compete in mm-hmm. i can ride but like i can't throw down and pipe. like i can air out but i'm not throwing like double corks or anything like that but it was but, always fun to ride and kind of just go and cruise around and
0: right i mean that's that's the most fun one for di- i would say like diversity and tricks in my opinion like when i watch half pipe i kind of just i'm like it's, it looks very similar every time like i know it's different but it looks very similar to me like slope style, I'm just like, dude, these guys throw down, like they're going to hit a rail and then they're going to go into like a 30 foot jump that I can't even fathom. Is that about right? Like 30 feet?
1: Yeah, they're usually like 60, 60
0: feet. Don't even let me discredit (laughs) you double that. That's absurd. Like, okay. So then what state of mind do you have to get into? Like, I am going to go down this mountain and I'm going to hit this 60 foot jump and I'll survive.
1: I mean, it's definitely a positive state of mind, but it's also a fun state of mind. A lot of those guys kind of just flip the switch for fun. Do you like see a
0: therapist or anything about this? Like (laughs) probably get checked out. (laughs) I hit like a five foot (laughs) jump on my mountain bike and I'm like, dude, I think that like I saw Jesus when I was in the (laughs) midair.
1: It's funny. People do always ask like how you get over the fear of jumping and being in the air for that long it's kind of just something that's you just it's gradual over time You just working mm-hmm. and i mean it's always even like even now for me um i mean i haven't gone and ridden 100 years or 100 years 100 days uh, <laughs> in a couple years now but um uh like going into a jump the first time now i'm not always like gonna spin it the first time i'm gonna check it out see how right it, Check the speed because I've learned before I've learned the hard way. I've broken a helmet before.
0: That's impressive.
1: It's not what you want to do. <laughs> no. And uh, you know, you want to make sure you're safe 110%. But I mean, those guys, the guys now, you know, they do it so much, and that's they just have that focus down 110%. Right. Have fear's you ever been
0: heli dropped?
1: Fear's not even a factor. I have not heli dropped.
0: Dude, that stuff looks gnarly.
1: I've done a lot of backcountry riding. I mm-hmm. uh, went. I've got you know, uh, backcountry certified and uh, avalanche certified and all that stuff. Do you have to get
0: like uh, license or certification to do that kind of riding?
1: Um, they do want you to have an avalanche certification, so you do have to do that. Wow. Um, which is it's like like a written test, and then you go out and you basically do the beacon test Mm -hmm. Um, there's different levels of stuff that you could do it you learn how to test snow um you learn um basically you learn all the equipment you learn how it works um yeah stuff like that
0: so it seems it sounds pretty straightforward that's that's so sick dude so now you're pushing up move out west where was lacrosse entangled in all of this like i can't imagine would you just devote the spring to lacrosse, kind of then snowboard all winter, right through like your younger days and then up through high school?
1: Yeah. So, I started snowboarding when I was, you know, like I said, like nine, 10. And that was always kind of just like a side thing thing to do in the winter. And lacrosse came after I stopped playing soccer in spring. Okay. Um, I moved to playing football in the fall, played soccer in the spring. And then I was like, you know what? I'm real bored of this. <laughs> and my sister's now husband introduced me to lacrosse he played he's from upstate New York and um that kind of just changed everything uh brought me out in the yard had another stick we passed for a little bit and uh it was great I was like this is this is sweet like saw the equipment it was kind of weird because it was kind of the old school stuff with the tie helmets Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you No, know, to, too, it's like a seventh grader looking at that. It's like, oh, what is this? You know what oh, I mean? I put this goofy thing on my head. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, checked into it, you know, in school and like, apparently all these kids are playing it. And I was like, all right, so let's get down and play. So I tried out for the team, uh, the middle school team, never played before ever. Here I am. I show up with this traditional STX, uh, turbo or Viper. Viper. Mm-hmm old school stx viper traditional string everyone has mesh yep completely looked like a moron on the field right had no idea, <laughs> no what idea what's going on terrible cradling what was that like right. like didn't know anything obviously did not make the team i was like wow okay so i knew like what defeat was like real defeat really early there for like the first time so i was like wow it sucked so uh comes around that I think it was like two weeks later, uh, Rec League was announced that signups were going. So I signed up, and uh, I went, and I remember the first couple practices, I had the same stick, and I was just doing absolutely terrible with it. My friends were like, dude, why don't you get traditional out of there and put some mesh in there? And that kind of opened up my world of stringing. What, uh, What age is this at? This was in seventh grade. Wow.
0: I mean, I personally, if I needed a new stick in seventh grade, I went and bought one because I was like, I couldn't fathom the idea of trying to string my own stick. So you're you're at this young age and it's like, I'm going to I'm going to tackle this.
1: Well, basically, where I've, there wasn't really like any stores, like wasn't universal around. There wasn't an LU by me. I'm sure there was one, obviously, back then, but not by me, probably over in Long Island somewhere.
0: Yeah, I don't think there was one in Jersey till. 2010
1: yeah so nowhere up here but there was a mom and pop place up the street that's still there um called darrow sporting edge if anyone's listening shout out darrow's no way that's where i got my first helmet
0: fun fact really yeah dude there's there's no lacrosse down here like none <laughs> zero zilch it was 2004
1: yeah so darrow sporting edge went there and i needed my stick restrung by a certain time by the weekend i had a tournament i had to go to And they only had a couple of high school kids that or maybe college kids, high school, whatever, that when they were home, you know, they could do it and none of them were going to be home. So Mm -hmm. me being myself, I would always tackle things and want to, you know, figure things out. I was like, you know what, I'll just do it. So I bought a string kit and brought it home. Went at it for about like two and a half hours. Thought I was good to go. It was absolutely horrendous. (laughs) Wasn't good. I gave up for a little bit. And then I went and told my mom, I was like, mom, I couldn't do it. She went and she bought me this other stick that came with mesh. It was like a brine shotgun. It was absolutely terrible. It was like a super beginner stick. And I was like, all right, well, this really wasn't what I expected, but this will do. Started to get better at lacrosse. And then I got, I think it was a warrior revolution after that. And uh, that was when I really started to pick up string again. And then I gave it another go, and it clicked after that.
0: Right. And you're trying to work with some, like, hard mesh at the time probably? or
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You couldn't have soft mesh. If you no. had soft mesh, that was it. Like, you were
0: yeah. – You were, the like, the best player on the field probably.
1: Yeah. Me? No,
0: no, no. no the guy with the soft mesh that's out there.
1: Uh, <laughs> probably. I mean – I don't know a lot of people were not digging the soft mesh back in the day
0: no do you yeah. remember that there was a huge debate i mean shit.
1: i had to have hard mesh like if you didn't like you weren't worthy of playing no and you would you
0: would hit the wall so we
1: we don't have a wall
0: at my house but we have this like um chimney that's made of brick so i would use that and i can't tell you how like it would probably take like six months to try and break in a hard mesh pocket to like how <laughs> i actually needed it before i was like done breaking windows and putting dents in the siding and everything along those lines kids don't get it these days man you like take a box out of a that or take a head out of a box now that's like strung by someone and you're just like oh i could use this
1: tonight like back in the day not no, possible really- Day, you had to throw the knife in the ball.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> on top of the ball. I had to wait overnight. right under the water.
0: Yep, yep. The boiling water.
1: <laughs> it was never. It was never perfect until like maybe three days after you strung it and like really played with it. Other than that, if you really didn't play with it, there was, you know, no shot. Yeah, it was going to be miserable.
0: So, so then, so you make the middle school team, and then do you then get uh, pushed into high school and keep playing
1: or? Uh, I did play in high school, and then that was when disaster struck. So freshman year, I was at my sister's playing backyard football, and it was going to be the last pass. And I'm going out, for, going out to get it, and I dive and catch the ball, fall down. My leg is kind of stretched out. Mm-hmm sister's husband was behind me and he literally stepped on my leg and the momentum drove him forward and he literally rolled my leg backwards and it broke
0: oh, dude. right at the
1: chin. And that was the day before my first scrimmage freshman year.
0: It's always that last pass. It was. It's always it was. the last pass.
1: I couldn't believe it. Like, I didn't think anything happened at first. I thought, like, I got, like, you know, when you get like a dead leg, your leg is yep. good. Yep. Thought that's what happened. I went to go get up, and dude, my entire front of my leg just went like this. And mm-hmm. I was just, the pain set in, and oh, it was miserable.
0: What was that dude in the uh, NCAA tournament a few years back? Demarcus Ware was his name, maybe. He's the guy, he had that same type of fracture. And it just, yeah. like, Oh, it's so hard to see, man.
1: That was no. the most extreme pain I have ever been in to this oh, day. Dude, Nothing short. a lot of things I've gone through with snowboarding and whatnot, but nothing ever came close to breaking my shin. That was the worst pain I have ever been in.
0: Now, was that the end of your lacrosse career?
1: Um, I mean that kind of that kind of pushed it. After that happened, I, I was out the entire freshman year. I could have came back for the last game. The coach was like, you know what? If you want to keep playing, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. So it was like, all right. So I sat out pretty much was just like team captain kind of guy.
0: Right. Morale, I, morale much, booster glue guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, for the first half I was on crutches. Second half I was in boots. So I could walk around a little bit. So I was kind mm-hmm. of like the kid from little giants who came up. <laughs> yeah. in Puerto Rico. So I'm sitting there like helping out coach with plays and stuff. But, uh, Yeah, so after that, um, we did – with the high school team, we did a summer league Mm -hmm. um, out nearby. And that was, like, my first official time back on the field. And I had tendonitis so bad in my leg, dude. Like, I just – I couldn't do it. I had so much pain in my knee, and it went from my knee down into my ankle. And I I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything. And and at one point, I had it in both my knees. I don't know – I don't know how it got to both my knees, but it got to both my knees. And I was like, this, this might be it. And I was so bummed about it because I loved lacrosse at the time. I I was so big into watching the MLL. I loved lacrosse. Like, I loved playing it. I wanted to go to Rutgers. I wanted to, like, actually play there. I wanted to follow the footsteps of my sisters, going to Rutgers. Right. play lacrosse. And it just, I don't know, felt it kind of slowly going away. And then... I was like I got to do something and for some odd reason snowboarding never really bothered it in that way I don't know if it was just because I wasn't running on it Mm -hmm. but it never really gave it that much of an issue in that sense like at first it was weird because I'd go out and it'd be super cold in the morning or so you know Mm -hmm. so to say anytime you break a bone or have surgery or anything like that I mean you go out and I mean, you, you know when it's going to snow, you know when it's going to rain, you know when the cold weather is coming because you can feel it in your body. In, in your body. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like it, your one it, knee. It's like, it's, it's true. Like, when you hear that, like, it's it's true. Like, I can tell, like, when it's going to snow, like, when it's going to. Oh, get, yeah. Like, this weird sensation. It's weird. Yeah.
0: It's crazy, dude. I totally get it. It's it, it it's so true. And uh, I mean, it almost is like your one knee was, like, overcompensating. And that's why that one ended up also hurting or something along those lines. I mean, fact of the matter is that's a shitty ass injury um but
1: yeah first real big injury and kind of welcome to like the sports world of injuries
0: Mm-hmm. i knew it all too well i broke like both wrists both ankles tw- my shoulder's still torn to this day like it, it's nuts like everything's just always broken so w- were the nj pride still around at the time were you, were you a big pride were, guy
1: played right down the road from me
0: yeah dude i was about to say like that's in your backyard
1: Yeah, so I went to a couple of those games. That was great. Uh, I was a big Casey Powell guy Mm -hmm. back in the day. And, I mean, he would just show up to, like, random – I remember he showed up to a tournament of mine in Bucks County. Is that right? Yeah, he would just drive around to show up tournaments.
0: I must say, I think that's my favorite thing about the lacrosse community is that, like, the pros in lacrosse are just as intertwined with day-to-day lacrosse as, like, a parent or – anybody else that's involved it's, it's not like that in any other sport right nfl players aren't showing up to kids
2: yeah
0: peewee football games mlb players aren't showing up to little league games it's it's truly the only sport that i can think of where the pros do that kind of stuff which is rad yeah but
1: yeah kids can really connect with their uh, favorite guys but you know what they like, say
0: never meet your heroes so i guess they got to be careful that way
1: that's true i met bucky elastic one time and that wasn't cool
0: <laughs> is that right
1: yeah he was mean
0: was he really was he a dickhead
1: yeah he really wasn't nice like we were at i went to do tour with my friend uh down in ocean city maryland mm-hmm. and saw bucky alaska on the boardwalk and he was not nice at all
0: what what did you say to him were you just like hey man nice to meet you
1: locked up and was we like hey dude like um here we said it's like awesome run like those were awesome couple runs like really liked uh i don't know one of the tricks that i did and he just straight up looked at us like i don't even oh dude he was just like just like yeah whatever could been better sure and then like just walked away like didn't even like i was like all right man like i was saying you did a good job maybe it could have been better but like you didn't yeah. have to be super sketchy and like I don't know. It was just really, really awkward the way that he was about it. Like being, even being a professional athlete myself, like that one always, I always think about that one whenever I talk to kids or whatever, because it's like, don't be a Bucky Lassick. Like you can't be like that. Like, I don't know what, I thought his run was fine. My friend thought his run was fine. Apparently he didn't like it. Um, I don't know if he was just having a bad day and something else was just bothering him or what. I mean, that always happens, you know, athletes are people too. Right. So there's other things going on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was my bad experience with Bucky Lassick. He just completely brushed us off like we were just, like, completely no one, like lower than dirt, like anyone kind of just downplayed. Like, we were just, like, piping him up and just saying, like, dude, like, you had a sick run. And he did have a sick run. It wasn't like, you know, he came, like, last or bailed or or anything.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, That's so – it's crazy how your perception on someone can change in 30 seconds from complete like idol like oh dude i've been looking up to you my whole life to like wow that guy's a dickhead like i never need to hear his opinion on anything ever again it's it's insane i'm kind of i'm glad i haven't met my idols yet but i still do want to meet them
1: not to bash him i don't think he's a bad guy maybe he has something going on but that was just you know my experience with him you know
0: Well, you know, for, till this day, you can hold that. Maybe you'll meet him again sometime and you guys can hash (laughs) it out or something like, Hey man, do you remember when I like complimented you and you basically punched me in the face, but verbally, (laughs)
2: but
1: yeah. I haven't really met too many other skaters though. Like PLG was pretty cool. mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I didn't really cross worlds with too many skaters.
0: I've always said that I need to like, once I leave the lacrosse community, I'm going to go try and be like one of these dudes, like uh video videographer like just throw the fish eye on the cam and like figure it out but dude, i think
1: honestly you would be such a good like carson Daly. like you would be such a good on mtv kind of guy really i really think you really would like if you took over like mtv news yeah i would
0: say less i'll do it right now
1: i think you'd be phenomenal at it
0: that's all that's all i ever needed to hear i can just quit my job now and (laughs) the rest of my life will be striving to do that
1: You really strike me as like a Carson Daly kind of guy. Like, I grew up like when he was all over MTV, and like, you are like, you remind me of him.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely in the wrong, wrong community at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think my my radical judgments and opinions really take the lacrosse community by storm at like the wrong rate. (laughs) We're a little too soft.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, though. A lot of the lacrosse community is kind of soft, though, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm just not. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little bit too alt for it. Like yeah. people aren't ready. Well, it's like it's like when Paul Rabel does something like that's not normal or whatever. Everyone has to hop on it. So it's like yeah. maybe maybe we're not ready for it yet. Yeah. So so you you become this pro snowboarder. How long was your career?
1: Uh, about 17 years. That's sick,
0: dude. So you retired. You retired recently then. Yeah. How many? About, how many years?
1: Officially, about. Three years ago
0: wow dude so well tell me give me some highlights what what was what was the career like i mean what what is the daily life of a pro snowboarder
1: look like um not really what you would think um a lot of people seem to think like lots of money which that's those days were really kind of over those ended you know just as i was really getting into it Mm -hmm. um people always think Oh, you make a lot of money, this and that. Well, no, it's not that. Um, I mean, unless you're like a super top tier guy, um, still doing contests, like the guys you see on X Games. If you're running the contest route, um, that's where you're making a lot of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, especially if you have um, <clears throat> like a like an energy drink sponsor, mm-hmm. Red Bull. You got Red Bull, dude. You're making bank. You got Monster. Right. You got Monster. You're making bank. As far as like a majority of the snowboard companies now, like, you know, they're paying out, but not nowhere near as much as it used to be.
0: Right. It's, it's more like free
1: gear. Just show our brand off. That's what yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, you get the, uh, the extra other perks too. Like they'll get you like passes and stuff and like, mm-hmm. like, like hotels and figure out, you know, stuff like that. But
0: the payment, but the, the things that pay the bills aren't coming in.
1: Not, not like they used to, I mean, you know, some guys still get their stuff. I got a little bit of stuff here and there. Um, you get your extra benefits for doing maybe certain things with certain products. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of did more with social media as far as mine, um, made a couple of videos here and there um, did more towards like the filming side of things. Mm-hmm. I just branched out um, some of the smaller brands that I was working with uh, more to out here because they were mainly from out West mm-hmm. so kind of expanding their reach more towards the East coast um kind of was my role too
0: now when you're a pro did you have to become a member at a resort or were, would they hook you up with that or like you could roll into any resort and just be like i'm a pro like let me in <laughs> um
1: so i lived in steamboat for a while
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and i kind of got hookups there for a little bit in the beginning and then um ended up getting a pass through this restaurant that I kind of did some night hours with
2: mm-hmm. just
1: enough to get a pass which was which was pretty sick they didn't really hold me accountable for anything too much or really much of like really a solid employee but I worked there just so I can get the pass because the pass there was like 1200 bucks so you're dropping it's expensive
0: than a country club
1: yeah so you're dropping a hefty amount of money you know just for a pass and like I said time like I'm only making enough from snowboarding I was like a free agent too for a bit So I only had a goggle sponsor um, that was really kind of pushing my way through. Like I was riding with Oakley at the time and they were just coming out with outerwear. So really all I had was just an outerwear and goggle sponsor um, in the beginning, fresh out of high school. Wow. Um, When I was in high school, I had a sponsor. I was riding um, with Solomon, but that was just with a rep. So once I moved and changed, I didn't have a rep out West. I only had a rep for back East. So I wasn't providing right. for a team manager at the time yet. So Oakley, I was still able to get some hookups with. So I had that and I was a free agent. So I ended up going to that place, getting a pass. So I had there at Steamboat and my rep with Oakley and started getting some other sponsors. They started to help me get passes and hookups to other places. So then as the notoriety builds up, you kind of start to get your hookups here and there and then you get invited to contests and then, you know, kind of just takes off.
0: So like after like the Grand Prix, for example, our company's just like, okay, you made it here. Like, let's, let's get you on board if we can.
1: I did like that was kind of my ticket because at that time too, like everyone was starting to really like get on the whole sponsor me bandwagon. Mm -hmm. That was when like sponsor me tapes were real big. And like, you look back at it now and it's like, that's, not the way to go about doing it like i even tell kids that you know now like it's good to have video it's good to have um you know footage of you know your riding and stuff but you don't go throwing yourself a company being like what you would think of like the old school like skate life or you know right. so like dude watch my sponsor me video like chasing down team <laughs> management and stuff like that like you see in the old movies and i mean it's true though like people do do that it's just can't do like i did it a couple times like it's just not the way to do it but um yeah i mean it's it's i don't know it's changed
0: yeah is it, what, what were the big, big sponsors that you had then
1: uh, i had solomon i had oakley i had celtec i had uh have you heard of snook yeah oh yeah dude i love and- snooks i rock them all the time Skull candy? I actually have skull candy actually tattooed on my back. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Is that a
1: dare? Uh, it was a bet? That was a story in itself. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it care
0: to share, or is it not, not for the airwaves?
1: Uh, it's not for the airwaves.
0: Not for the airwaves. I get it. I get it, man. Yeah. Dude, skull candy. Well, I mean, you're riding at the time where skull candy is, like, the shit. Like, you were either yeah, rocking really skull right. candies or, like... I think I well I mean it was skull candies and apple headphones essentially, like there was nothing else other than like beats where I guess were getting big at the time like
1: now, beats weren't even in then yet like, they
0: weren't even yeah right beats like were still like this underground type thing
1: in the action sports world skull candy yeah, one of the top like for, for across the board like snow skate b m x like skull candy was at the top of the list I mean granted, I wouldn't have like a full on contract with them, I was just getting free stuff, but still like. Got a lot of free stuff. Like, those are the days that were, you know, that's when you knew, you know, like you made it. Like, when the boxes of goodies started to show up at the door. Right. Of, oh God, that's when you're like, oh, all right, I made it. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. That's when you're sitting back and you're like, damn, this is this is everything I've ever dreamed of. I mean, Skull Candy's like, dude, you're bringing me back right now. Like, I remember, like, I, like we were talking about before
2: oh,
1: Skull Candy oh, uh, came with Neff.
0: Neph- oh, did you get Neff stuff too? I did no way I'm actually rocking some Neff socks right now
1: I did I had a lot of Neff hats um, Neff eventually came out with outerwear but I bounced before that uh, program mm-hmm. came out. but Neff had some really good parties
0: oh I believe it so what like would you go to like were they like sponsored parties then when you go to like events and stuff
1: yeah so like oakley would have some parties in the city um a couple reps uh that i knew i like went to red bull red bull has some parties in the city that i went to that was like when red bull really started to jump into action sports did you get the red bull sponsorship i did not get a red bull sponsorship that's so hard to get oh i believe it man i
0: mean like the dudes that i know that are sponsored by red bull are just some yeah, on a whole nother level
1: that would be rad that, that would have been sweet but yeah i'd It was never in my cards to really push myself to want to get it that much. Like, I mean, I loved where I was at. I was okay with where I was at. Could have obviously gone higher. I could have pursued more. But, you know, with the injuries that I had and kind of thinking of, like, life down the road a little bit, I was like, you know, I want to be able to have a kid someday. And, you know, I want to be able to do stuff with him. So... With the way the sport was progressing, at such a rapid rate. Like it went from, you know, simple flat spins, like 1080s to double corks to triple corks so fast, like so fast.
0: That you're like, I'm just going to break a neck. Like I want to live a life after this.
1: You know what? Like I was learning a couple double corks and I was good there. And then triple corks came so much faster than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It's just not worth it. It was after the second time I broke my leg. the same spot and I was just like you know what it's just not worth it right right
0: totally I mean well then at that point well are you like I have two questions first one when you're learning these tricks are you going like a foam pit or are you just trying to do it on snow
1: I mean at first I hadn't been to Woodward or anything like that right So, it was kind of learning it in the backcountry uh-huh to colorado you know you learn where all the passes are and stuff out there and outside of town i moved to steamboat springs shout out steamboat love that resort um and outside of steamboat there's two passes and there's rabbit ears and there's buffalo pass and when it snows i mean it snows and that usually get hit the hardest and Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know it's it's a different world out there than out here like it starts to snow out there a lot sooner and those guys are out there in the snow hitting a rail, or when there's enough snow in the backcountry, they're out there. So, I mean, you go out there and kind of just learning out there. The snow's a lot softer than back here, obviously. Right. There's a lot more of it. Um, you can go out and just build a jump, like out in the backcountry, take the sleds out far out, build a backcountry, or build a jump off a cliff and just send it for the day with your friends. That's what like sessioning that all day just sounds
0: like the life. You got some tunes going
1: yeah like you learn you can learn stuff there but i mean yeah a lot of the stuff too when i did eventually start going to woodward a lot more and you know start messing around with their phone pit stuff really started to really kind of tune in there and you can really focus there because even though yeah you're having fun with your boys if you're really trying to progress like fun only goes to a certain level of right. when progression really starts to kick in yeah and fun will hold down progression i believe a little bit thoroughly yeah yeah you know? So, going to Woodward definitely helps, and you know, spending some time there and that, you know, learning to really turn your body all those different ways and kind of doing it not immediately off of a park jump definitely saves injuries. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But so you retired three years ago. When did you – when How's your son? He is seven. So you finished you finished out your career with a young son, just like yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was tough, too. That yeah. was tough, because uh, always worrying about him, you know, and worrying about the misses at home. And it was tough leaving at first, um, especially when he was first born. Um, right. But, you know, you learn the grind. You, you know the grind. You got to stay focused. And, I mean, there would be times where, um, you know, you catch yourself thinking about him or, you know, thinking about back home. But just got to stay focused. Right. Yeah. I
0: mean, it, I I hear this often. It's like when you talk to like any anyone in professional sports, like you have to weigh the balances. Of course, like you are gonna do this, but you're also supporting your family at the same time. So like, and it's what you love. So I mean, that probably had was that. Would you make that mark that as your hardest decision you've ever had to make? Is it just to retire, or was it was it easier to hang it up because you did have a family and a home life to come back to? Oh,
1: retiring was very hard. I was in, like, a three-week depression. Really? Where I didn't know if it was exactly what I wanted to do. Like, I had pretty much dropped my sponsors verbally. Like, I was, I don't know. It was real bad. Um, I, I loved snowboarding so much. It was literally all I dreamed of doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I never had felt about even, like, nothing remotely close about that like nothing remotely close but i felt d- how i did about snowboarding and uh growing up and being so focused on wanting to do it and working as hard as i did to get where i was with it i don't think i ever would have worked that hard like down a lacrosse path right or down any other path of anything else like I mean, I try to hustle hard a lot in whatever I do, but nothing I ever worked as hard as I did in snowboarding and the amount of pain and, and injuries and stuff. And a lot of times I wanted to say I I got I can't do this. I gotta stop. Like this isn't the right way. This is not gonna work. But something always made me want to keep going. Yeah. And it's like a drug. Yeah. Um And I think really moving out west really changed a bit because, I mean, it was always like you'd go out there for like a vacation or for a contest, but actually living out there, experiencing it every day and living like in a big time mountain town like that and um, really experiencing when the snow falls because it doesn't fall like it does back here. No, not at all. And really seeing, you know, that lifestyle and living it year round changes everything. And that's just something that I fell in love with that. I was like, I'm here. I can't go back. This is, I never thought I was going to be here to begin with. And I kind of used it as a stepping stone to stay there and keep pursuing. Yeah. Did you have a lot of second guesses? Were you over to
0: like, maybe I should get back. Maybe I should do it again.
1: Um, or once it was over, it was over. Absolutely. 110%. Uh, it's, I mean, even now, like, it's hard. Like, I just got a new snowboard to actually Right. Stay in the middle. Uh, the other day as much as like i think i'm away from it like i'm not i'm always like seeing like what my friends are doing or like seeing like who got invited to x games this year or seeing like oh who won do tour like as much as like i try to step away from it i can't like i'm always like
0: something always draws you back and now you're just the guy who shows up to the park once in a while and shows kids how it's done. <laughs> I
1: don't, but the thing is too, is like I do miss showing up and being like, Oh, that's Mike Sears, and I don't get that anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> people don't people don't recognize yeah, the guy I mean, on the cover of the magazine.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I miss like the attention was nice. It was nice. Yeah. But it was cool though to be able to like I did I was a guest pro at Woodward. So mm-hmm and that was cool just to be able to go and kid be like yeah hey, i follow you on instagram and like be able to ride with you and be so happy that they're like at camp with you for the week or hear them like say that hey i saw that it was your session like i came here because it was your session i saw your name down there Dude, like your so stuff like that was always awesome that and, is so right how do you, yeah. do you know how
0: many autographs you've signed in your life
1: um i mean not many i'm not like not like Sean White, many, but like good amount. Definitely over, like definitely over a good solid like ten thousand.
2: <laughs> dude, you go.
0: Let's think about what you just said for a second. You go, you go a few, like a couple, I and mean, then throw out ten thousand.
1: Well, yeah, I mean ten thousand fucking
0: like, autographs, dude. Think about that.
1: Yeah, but that's not even really close to like half those guys though especially like back at that time like snowboarding now like i don't know i think it's harder for the mainstream people like outside of snowboarding to really recognize or really see um i don't know like snowboarders i feel like aren't marketed like they used to be like when i was in it yeah so you really know like the names of people and like you could really see them you know a lot of places whereas like now people are still seeing the same guys. They're not seeing like the newer, younger guys who are really pushing the sport now. Because now, you know, the average snowboarder, pro snowboarder is like 16, 17.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think social media has so much to do with this. I was I was listening to something the other day about mountain biking and it's like, people don't even know who the pro mountain bikers are anymore. They only know who the influencers are. So I'm sure it's similar in like, snowboarding. Like it's not necessarily the guys who are the best. Like everybody knows Sean White, Right but like who knows about you know the fifth guy on the pedestal and uh, but they know like the five, top 5 snowboard influencers who aren't pros but they're the people who have the followers which is it's nuts
1: yeah that's what's really kind of that's what kind of made everything cut down as far as you know who's getting paid this and that and mm-hmm. uh, contracts and stuff like that i remember being with a whole bunch of reps and team managers at dinner one year don't know how i was lucky enough to be the only rider invited to that that's and up. they're talking about how, uh, you know, 38% of contracts are getting cut. Damn. Because of, you know, money wasn't flowing through at the time. You know, it was kind of when the economy really kind of shut down. Um, what was it? It was like. Oh, wait. Yeah, it was like, oh, wait, but it was like, it was like, oh, wait, through like 2012, like in that era.
0: Right when we were rebuilding,
1: yeah, pretty much, and you know everyone's contracts were cut across the board. Snowboarding only went up in price too. I mean, look at now, like there's boards easily just for a thousand bucks alone without the bindings and boots. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like anything else.
0: Like, I mean, look at look at lacrosse stuff. I think people can't do that too. It's like, who who the fuck wants to buy a hundred and fifty dollar head? Like, that's ridiculous to me.
1: Yeah, like 175
0: pairs of gloves. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. My girlfriend just bought me new mitts for Christmas. She's not supposed to know that. I, or I'm not supposed to know that, but um, I do. <laughs> and like, I was like, baby, you can't buy these for me. Like, I'm not going to let you pay that much money. Like, but she found a deal. So
1: I let her do we it. We are.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, now, now here we are. So, so then you're exiting your career three years ago. Is that when you kind of were like, okay, I'm going to start doing media and I'm going to try and get back into lacrosse? Well,
1: my, I, got my son playing lacrosse Mm -hmm. and I actually started just dying heads getting back into that again yeah I used to do that younger as well as I did string um for the team because I said the story with that and uh learning how to do it no one else on the team really strung, so that easily became my job all through like high school and whatnot Mm -hmm. and with him playing you know I wanted to get back into string so I got a stick for myself and started stringing again come to find out now it's different because now there's a million holes in the head right and the mesh is pulling differently there's no hard mesh anymore
0: right yeah, yeah. it's not manhandled
1: so I, it's... It I buy a piece of hero 2.0 and i threw it in a. i don't what i had i think it was like a nike vapor or something mm-hmm. I strung it up like i would before and it did not look good at all. And I'm like, wow, like this looks absolutely terrible. Like there's no pocket. Like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, yeah, this, this looks bad. So again, going through YouTube videos and, uh, I'm not going to say it like everyone else that I did jump right to the ECD Greg video, but like he was probably like the third or fourth video that I did see.
0: Yeah. Every time I did the same thing.
1: Uh, but, um, figured out like the new way of knots and kind of just took it off took off from there and then uh i was really bored i didn't know what to do after snowboarding so i was like i could kind of do this as like a hobby Mm -hmm. so i started just buying like random heads from monkey sports right they have a building down in woodbridge which is not far from me and kind of just would go over there and they would have kind of cheap heads and I would just take them home and just put, like, cool designs on them and kind of just dye and just throw them up on Instagram. And people kind of started liking it. Then I started doing, like, this giveaway every Sunday. And I would just do the same thing, go and get, like, not, like, an in, uh, inline, you know, market head, but, like, not a cheap one either. But, like, you know, middle of the road, pretty decent head. Bring it home, dye it up, you know, string it up real cool. And then, you know, just do these giveaways. And after that, started making it more of like a dying and stringing page. And then I started working at Universal as their web stringer. And then after that, you know, started going up more with Universal and changed over my role into more of the digital media side. And started going out and filming more games. And there's like a ton of string and dying pages out there. So I was like, you know what? I'm doing this more for my job you know with universal doing the whole digital media stuff filming games anyway so I started just throwing them up on my regular page and then here we are 908 media 908 media the- man switched over the name and then that was it just started posting more videos and doing more games and started getting invited to showcases and here we are
0: and now the content stuff rolls it rules your
1: life yeah it does
0: that's done. awesome. I, I have two things one I meant to say this earlier I've signed 12 autographs in my life And <laughs> let me tell you what I hold that really close to my heart
2: <laughs>
0: And I'm, I'm going to keep Counting until I like get to the point in my life Where I can't count anymore But no so this is this is sick So you you in my opinion Then are up there with like the OG string string Pages on Instagram like You're 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 one of the first
1: Yeah yeah a little bit you
0: started a revolution. I'm a little
1: late take credit I'm for a little it. Little. I'm not gonna take credit for being like one of the super OGs. I came in a little late. What, what year was I,
0: this? Like probably like 2018?
1: I hustle hard. Um let's see, uh 2018. 2017.
0: Yeah, three years. It's uh, it's 2022 in my mind.
1: It, that'd so. be about right. Yeah. It'd be about uh, yeah, that'd be about right.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, that's sick. And so what has what the transition, though, been like for you out of stringing and dying to media? Do you, which one do you prefer?
1: Um, I mean, stringing was fun, and it was always cool to get creative, but I like filming a lot more. Yeah. I feel like can go a lot further with it. And, it's definitely yeah. opened
0: up more doors for you, I would say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because now with filming football, I mean, that's opened up even doors working with Bergen Catholic. For other things too so i mean film can go a long way And i mean if you're good at it and you you know keep up with it as you know you keep up with it and you keep pushing out content for people you know it'll get around see that's my issue is the inconsistency thing
0: like sometimes i'll fl- film like every day for three weeks and then i'll just be like you know what? i'm take four months off now <laughs> that's that's where i ran into the issue but no it, it's so true and um i mean like the opportunities thing for me is like it's really cool to be like one of the big name stringers and dyers it's it's great it's phenomenal it's great for you but what what do you get like you you get free heads in the mail you get free string kits like
1: yeah I, see i wasn't even i wasn't even on that level yet like people were getting stuff all the time really and yeah no i never really got like free stuff like that i mean i was humble about it like it wasn't really you know i didn't expect to be really getting it i knew i was new i knew where i was like
0: right you have to be self-aware in this community that's for sure
1: well the mindset i'm like hey i'm a snowboarder still coming in in this group like you know what i mean like that's why it was funny to me even like getting the job at universal like the owner even said to me he's like we have a pro snowboarder coming in to string for web like what (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah I mean it just I don't know I like filming a lot more it's more interesting it keeps me on my toes like I don't know it's fun I just get a lot more enjoyment out of it and it's cool to see um I don't know you can relate with kids more and I guess your client more easier and you can see how much happier they are about the product than string, I guess I mean you i don't know a message here and there like after you send a head back to a kid is cool and it feels good when they're like oh it came out sick like it's the string is awesome but like when the kid's pumped like on your video and like the parents also happy about it and then like he's resharing it and like his friends are all resharing it and like everyone's right. pumped on it, it's like kind of a different feeling you know what I mean? oh
0: totally 1000 percent. like well also like i'm kind of a i'm not a dickhead i'm actually too nice about it is like even if some a stringer, cause I get a lot of these free heads cause everyone like wants to send them back to us. Cause they're like, Oh, signature the cross, Look at my whatever. And so I usually end up with them and I'm like, dude, this is so sick. And it could be like the worst head ever. Like you could put like no shooting strings on it and all the sidewalls are fucked up. And I'm like, dude, great work. Like this was fantastic. Like there's not as much fulfillment in that, but you, I put out a vlog and I, like gets like 20,000 views or something. I'm like, that's what's up. Like yeah. that's the stuff that fires. That's what pushes me to the next level. I'm like, that's that's what i want to keep doing but like i mean we do very different things i've i showcase my personality you showcase the actual sport being played and so we had the opportunity then to like work in the bubble together which was sick because i think that that was like one of the coolest media conglomerates i've ever had the opportunity to work in everyone there was like so rad and awesome time wasn't it like that week was just like unforgettable
1: everyone worked so hard that week like i was so proud to be a part of that content team i know through the heat and the rain and just every day showing up everyone being just all positive we had uh you know uh what was that song uh
0: oh roseanne
1: yeah yeah that one every day (laughs)
0: every day roseanne
1: the vibes were high with that one like that was such such a great week and i hope like some part some point in lacrosse or media you know we all get to work together again i know was, that was such a great team
0: now you you made a big post earlier about how much the MLL affected your life and all the opportunities that you've had i mean dude i i gotta got say the same thing i mean like the i i did a lot of work with the pll in the first season and it was fantastic it really helped me get to where i was but the ml this summer it was just like I was able to build something with signature and myself and build relationships with you guys that like I never imagined I'd have the opportunity to build. Like it was it was something else but dude I I like for you what what was that like for you? Like and you also I mean you tweeted like someone get me on a podcast. I need to talk about this. Like, <laughs> what, what were those initial thoughts for you? Like, what did you have to, like, what were your initial thoughts? So I was like, dude, I got to get this out. Cause I felt the same way. I did that like round table thing. I was like, I need to talk about this with someone. Cause like I personally, I personally at first, if you want to know my initial thought, it was like, I, this is take this for how you will. This is not Hermes signature. This is just me as a human being. I was kind of bummed. I was like, I personally was like the good guys lost today um just because i've worked on both sides of the table i i've seen it all i know what happens and i worked with some really really amazing people that i know have the opportunity to lose their jobs now and that really bummed me out if i'm being totally
1: honest yeah no i was really upset i was like wow i can't believe completely out of left field for me well
0: well, i know we were both in the media room where we're like hearing like the complete opposite is supposed to happen
1: Yeah, yeah, you know I was expecting to actually be going and doing the season with the Bayhawks and
2: yeah,
1: looking forward to that and you know really looking forward to shooting uh the crossing after after football and seeing that while I'm at work it was a huge kick to the gut. Like whoa, like this is completely out of left field. But I mean, yeah, like I grew up watching MLL. Um I was a big Rattlers fan when they were in Rochester, like yeah. Um Even though the Pride were right down the road, but it was always good to go to a Pride game because, you know, they're right down the road and lacrosse is lacrosse. And at the time, it was – it wasn't that big. But to go to a game was, like, still, like, the biggest thing. And for it to be right down the road like that, it was accessible. It wasn't expensive. Yeah.
0: Like – Going to barrage games growing up for me because Philly's closer was, like – it was this big event like it was huge it wasn't just like now that I've been the backside it's like it doesn't affect me as much to go like big lacrosse events and stuff but like as a kid and growing up that was like the most epic Saturday night you would have ever
1: yeah yeah those were such fun times and I remember like like I said before I was a big Casey Powell guy so every time he would come down and play the pride like had to shoot on over there such an awesome time and I remember just being at home and sitting in my room on the floor, just watching, um, you know, Gary gate and stuff and Mark yeah. and those guys. And just, you know, the, the trick contest and the Powell videos and Mikey Powell at Syracuse and stuff like that. And just, you know, watching this sport that I'm starting to really, you know, really love and really want to be a part of and really want to do the rest of my life. And, you know, I, Watching or not watching but seeing that on my phone that you know bye bye MLL just I just watched everything like all those memories just crumple like a piece of paper like into a ball and like kind of right. just away like in my head and I'm like I can't believe this is happening. Like this is great, but I mean not great, but it just sucked. Yeah,
0: like I'm stoked I'm stoked that lacrosse is growing and we got to this point. And there won't be that PLL, MLL debate anymore because that kind of pissed me off for a long time. And yeah. I really, I do wish the best for the PLL like, and the success and everything along those lines. I would never would like wish anything other than that. It was just like that initial thought was kind of a kick to the gut. You're right. That, that's exactly what the initial thought was. And it, it was also one of those things where it's like, I'm usually aware of anything that's going to happen like that weeks in advance. like Because we usually have to deal with contracts and stuff. But I had no clue. Nobody knew. Like yeah, nobody. Nobody knew what was like that that happened. It had to, it I truly must have been like this week something happened and they were just like, let's get this out immediately. Yeah. It, it was heavy. Heavy, heavy, heavy.
1: Yeah, big time heavy. It's funny because like a lot of people think, like based off my social media standards, that I'm like against PL, which I'm not. Right. Um the really the biggest thing that happened with me in the PL is like like you just said like the whole debate that started and this whole divide that it created and what i i don't believe that was obviously their intention but that's what had happened right and you know it was just like you got these younger kids that are just like so over mll and like hating on the player that was the other thing too is like you can't go hating on the players and hating on their decisions and like you know the the guys coming out of college, you got like people on social media trying to like roast them. And it's like, are you kidding me right now? Like, right. I get it. It's social media. People are going to obviously say whatever they want, but it's like, how logical do you sound right now? Because say, oh, I don't know. Michael Krause has a job already lined up and he's going to get that opportunity to still play lacrosse and have his job. And you're going to sit there and hate on him for it because for your entertainment, you need to see him in the PLL. Right. You know what I mean? Like what? it's not where people like really like giving Lyle stuff like Lyle put out that one post you know about um you know how the Native Americans were being treated by U.S. lacrosse and whatnot and how they were using the image and you know you got people coming on it like Lyle to PLL yeah like dude show some respect like he's not even talking about it and you're just immediately like making him you know because you want to see him there and it's just like you guys got to respect these guys because they're people. They're not, you know.
0: Right, especially yeah. dudes like Lyle. Like, he doesn't play lacrosse for your entertainment. He doesn't – he's not strapping it up every weekend because he wants to make you happy. He he does this because he loves the game, and he, he respects everything that lacrosse has ever given to him and every opportunity he's got from the game. Like, I, I can't speak for him, of course. These are just the things that I take away from everything that he's put out in the world. And I just I, – I find it. Like it's almost heartbreaking, dude. It's like, it's like, how can you love a sport and cherish it and follow all these accounts? But then all you want to do is rag on it, like rag on the idea of people getting paid to play lacrosse. Sure. The PLL made a lot of promises that they'd give guys better wages and they'd put them up in better hotels and stuff occasionally. But, but that doesn't take away from the fact that these other dudes in the MLL are still getting paid. That's, that's more than I'll ever say. I'll never Get paid to play lacrosse. I'll go out on a Tuesday night in a middle school, and now I'll have to be the one playing against these dudes who aren't on teams. Like,
1: it, it doesn't take away from the talent either. There was no
0: gosh, bad. no, the talent's
1: right like, there. What I saw there this summer, like, you can't, no one, you'd be crazy to say that now. Like, I don't know if it was because they needed to what, like, what happened this summer, like, the world needed it or whatever. But I mean, there is obviously no reason that anyone should be able to just say, Lyle's the only one that can handle himself in PLL because there are plenty of guys that can handle themselves in the PLL from what you and I witnessed this summer. Oh my god, yeah, I mean, you would definitely
0: agree with me. Like one of my buds, Andrew Q, like he's gonna go over to the PLL and be a top ten player, literally day one. Absolutely. All I mean,
1: guys, could handle so many.
0: There's five guys at least on every team that can make a difference on every PLL team, and it's like just show them that respect. That's, that's really what it comes down to respect, respect the dudes, respect the game. And then, then we'll figure out a way to bring everyone together. But I was, it was, I'm still like, I'm still almost like, was that even real dude? Like was, was Tuesday or whatever the day was, is that real? Did that happen?
1: I know. I mean, I know in the long run, it's good for the sport. And I mean, it's, it's getting the best of both worlds, I think, you know, like, it's the roots of the mll are what the sport needs and what um needs to be like a solid foundation or or, or base you could say right um but you need to have you know that that new age stuff because everything is always evolving so and with the way social media and stuff is going now um, you know, you need to have, you need to have that on your strong side, especially for marketing purposes nowadays.
0: Yeah. Oh, 1,000%. You're going to fall in the back. So yeah. If you're not, if you're not putting out engaging content, then what, but that, that's also the thing that kind of disappointed me though, is like we, we at, or at that bubble, the media team stepped up our game, MLL's game tenfold, a hundredfold from every season prior. I mean. That was the best I've ever seen content-wise from the ML in my life.
1: Yeah, it was an honor to be a part of it,
0: dude. It yeah, fun. your stuff was fire. I mean, like, it's truly like I I don't I don't think people understand how much work and time and effort goes into putting out that kind of content, especially at the rate at which it went out.
1: And, and Chick Fil A.
0: Oh, and a oh, a lot of Chick Fil A. <laughs> I was kind of tired of Chick Fil A. Wraps by like day three.
1: Yeah. Oh. Chick-fil-A, I mean... I wish you-
0: we would have just changed it up to, like, Chick-fil-A anything else. Like, you could have just given me, like, a bag of fries, and I'd have been fine with that.
1: <laughs> a lot of Chick-fil-A, but it was healthy. It was, yeah, healthier
0: okay. than, it was healthier than the DoorDash I was calling in, like, later on in the day when we ran out of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah.
1: But that or, like, experience... 12 beers whole- I
0: would drink when I got back to the hotel.
1: <laughs> that experience in a whole, though, was... I don't
0: know. It's just awesome. It it truly was. I think you weren't there for it man, but like that celebration night after after the game. Oh, when, no. I don't I don't mean to rub this in your face at all man, but that was probably
1: like just the ultimate like will oh, sure. never forget it. I'm sure. Well, what happened was, was like I had like I was under the impression everyone left. I was told
2: everyone
0: left. That's right. Well, that's because they told us to leave. they were like, "Dude, just get out of here." Like Yeah. You know, well, I was like Signature's already paying for, like, my hotel room for another night. So, like, I'm not leaving no matter what. Whether I, like, am in the bubble or I'm not. Like, I'm going to be in Annapolis. But,
1: yeah. Yeah, so I just heard everyone was leaving. So, like, I left. And then I come to find out, like, no one left. I'm like, I'm the only one who left. <laughs>
0: it was like the Wolf of Wall Street scene. When he's like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> that was us. We we didn't. I, I didn't leave. I I mean, I think... I forget what it was, but I think it was, like, every, they were, like, leave. We got COVID tested or whatever, leave. And then it was, like, maybe five hours later or something. They were, like, game's going to happen tomorrow. So, we're all, like, say less. We'll be there. And we made it happen. I mean, it's great. There there was it was you. I don't think Vice was there for the last day. There was a, there was a handful of people who did leave, but it was – it was uh, it was quite the experience, man. It was a, the, the quickest week of my life. I can tell you that. I've never had five days go by so quickly, or six, or whatever however many days we were there.
1: I know the training camp was was fun too.
0: Yeah, dude, it was hot. I, can't I, I didn't make it to training camp, but I it was there day one through whenever nine.
1: Yeah, it felt. Those were some long days.
0: Those those were some long days, my guy. I mean, I don't think people realize it was actually like 140 degrees on the turf.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember walking out just from the media room right to the field and just those couple steps on the field, you're already like pulling your shirt off your back.
2: Right. And
0: then so I think it was like, it was day one or whatever. Alex had already been there for two days and she was like, oh, no, there's like air conditioning in the media room. Like, it's super cool in there. And then like, I go in, I'm like, it's
1: not cool enough.
0: I need like a a fridge to go into right now.
1: yeah it was some days it was brutal media room did you know it helped out a little bit but there were some days oh my god dude it was like a waterfall down your back yeah there was just no escaping it no not at all no yeah but that that those
0: are all my initial thoughts now 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 I'm completely I, I'm getting my thoughts together but I'm I'm chill with it uh I hope that I wish everyone success I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing events now with the PLL again which is rad and I think That's that awesome. it's all good stuff it was just it was just the initial thoughts that were not exactly positive but now everything's positive and looking yeah
1: forward. I don't think I don't think that crew likes me too much
0: it's not that they don't like you it's and this is the thing and this is the thing and I might get in trouble for this it's like there's for the picture college, right? You have your frats and you have your students and like people who don't want to join frats. One of them was a frat and one of them was a bunch of students who like to get together and have a good time. And, um, I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, no, I know where you're at.
0: Yeah. You either get accepted or you don't. And, um, sometimes it's hard when you're not accepted. Personally, I never take anything like that to heart. I'm a very free spirit care carefree kind of guy where i don't i don't really seek approval too often but yeah sometimes it's nice
1: yeah but it is what it is is cool everyone there kills it i mean everyone makes obviously great content so yeah oh
0: yeah well i just looked at the time for the first time since we started talking and we've been going for a hot minute here. This is going to be a, this could be a hefty episode. So before I let you go though, uh, plug any, uh, pages, videos, anything along those lines that you need to plug probably universal. And, um, then I'll let you, I'll let you go, man. Uh,
1: yeah. So you guys are looking for all your goods. Um, shop dot We got everything, uh, men's, women's youth. Um, we got 10 stores from New Jersey, New York, and down to Maryland um you check me out 908 media on my instagram handle um and shout out to her for having me on here
0: yeah dude it was my pleasure this was a fantastic conversation i had an absolute blast um i i we have to do this again
1: yeah absolutely 110 dude thank you for having me
0: of course brother all right man take it easy and uh thanks for coming on again
1: yeah dude have a good holiday
0: yeah you too Ba-dum, boop 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 boop. Ooh, what a fun interview that was. Mikey is the man. Uh, I didn't realize how legit he was, man. I I know he. I remember him talking about it on Seven Hills with Seven or Seven Beers with Seven Hills, and maybe a bit in the media room. But like, he was a legit pro, and that that's so sick. I was I was actually just at the uh, ski slopes in. Blue Mountain, Pennsylvania, having an absolute blast. And uh, every time I went past the terrain park or something, I just thought of that guy, Mikey. So uh, thanks again for coming on the show, man. Would love to have you again. And uh, I can't wait to do it again. But guys, we are T minus 36 or 72. I'm not very good at math. Hours away from the new year. And with every new year, we make new resolutions. We make new promises to ourself and what we hope to achieve in the new year. I think that this this year was really threw us through a loop. I think it gave us the opportunity to take a lot of these negative things that we have encountered, obviously, with COVID or job security or any of the above, and really just kind of take it and either run with it one direction or the other, whether you looked at it in a more positive way, like, wow, it's a door opening in my life, or vice versa. It's a door closing and you can be negative about it. I think that personally, one of the biggest things that I'm promising myself for the year 2021 is to try and take every situation, negative or positive, and see it in the most positive light possible. Um, Whether it be something that is incredibly sad and heartbreaking, and or whether it's the happiest thing that's ever happened in my life, I think that if I'm able to take every situation and make it uh, as positive as possible in my life, I will then see the most success. But uh, I have other goals. I want to make sure that anybody and everybody gets up to the point where we are recording two episodes a week. And actually, this will be the first week in which we do that. Uh, we're going to start dropping them on Tuesdays and Thursdays. This, our, My next guest this week is one of the coolest dudes I've ever had the chance to talk with. And um, I've had this episode in the bank for a hot minute now, but uh, I'm really I'm really stoked to get it out to you guys. So you're going to want to tune back in Thursday. But resolutions, resolutions. I think that oftentimes, like, for example, diets, right? Diets don't work. Life changes do. Um, I think oftentimes we try and make these un like uh, uncontrollably difficult promises to ourselves, right? Like, I'm going to lose 100 pounds this year, or I'm going to go vegan right out of nowhere, or I'm going to go to the gym 345 of 365 days of the year. And these are just unobtainable. These are ridiculous. You have to start from somewhere. If you were going to the gym 335 days of the year, and you're just adding 10 more days, maybe it'd be obtainable. But uh, for the, most of us, that's not the case. Therefore, I think it's important that we so this year, especially coming out of the year that we just faced, set really, really obtainable goals, really things that are easy to not easy to achieve, but definitely possible for me. It's recording the podcast more often. It's getting into a better lifestyle of more consistency. I, I definitely fell into the uh, I guess they were calling it like the covid slump where you just sleep a lot more and you eat a lot more and you are less active. And I definitely did that. So I want to make sure that I'm getting out and being more active, sleeping better, uh, waking up better on a better regulated schedule and exercising a whole lot more because I got this beautiful Peloton bike downstairs that uh, I don't hop on enough. So those that, that those are my main goals for the year. Obviously, with maintaining a healthy and happy relationship with both my girlfriend and my family, uh, these are all the important things in life to me. So, I think that these are all things to ponder over the next couple of days before we do hit the new year. And I would love to hear what your resolutions are. What What do you want to work on to improve your twenty twenty one for yourself? And uh, that being said, shoot, shoot, shoot me a message or shoot me a tweet. Any of the above, I would love to hear them all. We uh, We are taking more guests, though, guys. If one of your New Year's resolutions is to come on anybody and everybody, I will be dropping the SurveyMonkey link in the show notes and on Twitter so that you can come on the show, tell your story, and we can have a nice, fun time chatting. Because uh, I'm having a lot, of, I'm having a lot of fun, guys. This show has been an absolute blast, and uh, I can't, I couldn't be where I am without you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart and i think that that's all i got for you guys today it's been it's this is the weirdest week of the year right we go from one holiday to another really quick um i basically take it off i mean i i've i've barely done any work these last couple days don't tell anyone uh so that's all i got i will chat with you guys soon but as always stay groovin'.